Welcome back to another episode of Elevate Love. I love relationships. We all have them, need them, or want them. They connect us in this world. I'm your host, Arielle Levitt. I have spent a year interviewing couples, talking to experts, and going on lots and lots of dates. Now I'm ready to take the advice from them and put it to the test, like some of you have already done. This season, I'm going to be reporting back to you, my listeners, and letting you know how each date goes and possibly having the dates on the episodes. I will be interviewing experts and finding out ways to navigate this dating world. But like my happy couple say, just have fun. So stay tuned each week on Mondays as we start to elevate this adventure together. Thank you to our sponsor, The Newlywed Card Game. Here's something nobody tells you about marriage. After the wedding ends, you and your partner will be scratching your heads wondering, what in the world do we do next? The first years of marriage can be blah and boring, but it doesn't have to be that way. Meet The Newlywed Card Game the first ever card game for newlyweds that adds a spark of romance, adventure, and fun after the honeymoon ends. When you get your hands on the newlywed card game, you will find 75 curated cards inside that are filled with challenges, adventures, and deep conversation starters. Learn more at thenewlywoodcardgame.com and use code LOVE for $5 off. That's L-O-V-E for $5 off. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Yes, it is today. And I'm so excited to be able to have a new episode today with an amazing person who's on the podcast, Thema Goldson. Just going to get into it with her with some great questions. I just want to wish everybody a happy Valentine's Day and share the love share the smile, share a gift, whatever it may be with somebody today, a friend, a neighbor, a parent, a sibling, a spouse, um, a partner, whatever it is, show them a little extra love today. What a fun week. Well, a lot has happened this week. (laughs) I was asked to be on the lineup of personalities for the great love debate. So this past week, I was one of the six people up there to debate about love or debate about, I should say, dating relationships, things, do's and don'ts or what should be done. Yeah. That type of stuff. And it was so, so much fun. So I thank everybody so much for all the love and support that you guys poured into me this week, um, showing up the messages I got. I appreciate it so, so much. Thank you. And it was just a a pleasure being with everybody and doing this. And yeah, so I hope to do it again and I will let you guys know more about it, but the questions were, were good. One of the questions that I was asked or that that was asked, I should say with Brian Howie, um, because he's the host of the great love debate. He asked, what is one of the biggest challenges in dating in 2022? And my answer was that in here, oh, in, in South Florida, I should say, And um, mine was in Florida. I feel like sometimes people are just too arrogant and that ego is just so, so high. So um, that was one of my things. I feel like sometimes the ego just needs to get toned down just a little bit. (laughs) But um, yeah, so it was a really fun debate. And I suggest if there is a show near you, go check out The Great Love Debate and go see the show. It It was wonderful. So let's dive into this episode for this week with my chat with Thema. Hi, and welcome back. I'm so excited to be here with Thema Goldson. And just, I met her 
a couple of weeks ago and fell in love instantly. She's just one of those people Aww. that you can just like love so easily Aww. and have a great conversation. So welcome. Thank you, Ariel. I'm so happy to be there. I wish your listeners could see this place. It is amazing. Yeah. I, I love it. I really do. Well, we have to thank Pod Populi Studios because we are in one of their studios and it's a fabulous place to record. Yes, it is. <laughs> so, Thema, tell us a little bit about your credentials and how you even got started into this whole field. Sure. So, I am Dr. Thema Goldson and um, I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I graduated from Nova Southeastern University. Hey, Good Nova. school. Yeah. <laughs> Expensive, but good. <laughs> and um, I knew immediately... Um, that I wanted to be in the helping field. So I um, I went straight through. I got my master's there, and then I went on to get my doctorate. Um, so I am a psychotherapist. Uh, my husband and I have four practices in uh, Broward and one in Dade County um, where we incorporate what I do into the practice. And it seems a little kind of, you know, a little uh, different because it is a chiropractic and physical therapy practice. And when you think chiropractic and physical therapy, you don't think, you know, some type of mental health service or marriage and family therapy. You don't. But uh, I had the brilliant idea to incorporate what I do with um, the practice. And it's been so wonderful and needed. And I'm happy to say I'm the only one in, you know, the um, community that does it. And it just it just works. It really does. And I spend a lot of time um, doing talk therapy with patients, clients who have been involved in accidents and who are just dealing with life stressors. And I have a great platform where I'm allowed to do that. And I take advantage of it every day, Ariel. Yeah. So yeah, it's wonderful. Mm -hmm. And I know when we were talking last time, we were talking about how you do help accident victims, but mm -hmm. in those accidents, the relationships come up. Oh my gosh. You, it's, it's like the number one thing. Um, and, and I like to say, I tell people all the time, it's the accident that brought you in here, but <laughs> it's, it's not, we, after the first session, we're not even really talking about the accident. We're talking about all of these other deep rooted issues and, um, what the accident has brought up for you and how are you coping and dealing with these emotions? And I go right into my assessment and then really it just, it, it's just a, a warm conversation to be honest with you, because I like to connect with my people. I like to connect with my patients and feel like it's, listen, this is just a conversation. I know you're in pain and hubby will deal with the physical stuff. I'm going to deal with the emotional, the spiritual and mental and all of that other stuff that um, you don't really get to see. You don't really see an, emo an emotional injury. I can see when your back is hurting or when your ankle is hurting or, you know, when you need physical care. I can see that. But when you're dealing with emotional stuff, mm -hmm. nobody can see that. But luckily, I'm trained to be able to tap into that. So, and I, and, you know, we see like a ton of patients and um, um, it's only one of me, but I try to do as much as I can with the, you know, with just the limited amount of time that I have and and it's just been it's been a great thing and like you said we often start talking about emotional stuff uh relationship stuff childhood stuff a lack of communication um how you're not how you're underdeveloped when it comes to your emotions and how to express those and I I gotta tell you it's like we go through boxes of tissue at the office like you wouldn't believe because <laughs> the waterworks just start you know streaming out yeah. from the patients and and I like that because it's a release 
and, and that's what I'm there for. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's so amazing the work that you do. And thank you for it. Thank you. Thank you for having me again. You know, and, and when we met, well, we had met prior to that, but mm-hmm. when we were able to get into that deep conversation and we had other people with us and it just flowed so naturally and organically. And it, it, it's like, I'm meant to do this. You know, this is, I, I love what I do. I really do. I love what I do. And it shows. Yeah. It shines. It shows. And like, that's why I said, like, it just, you fall in love with you because you're like, you, I feel it. I, you know, and it's, it's there. That is the best reward when, when I meet someone and they, they feel it, they feel the calling. Cause I, I do feel like it's a calling. And, and when, when I'm able to, to translate that in a manner that you instantly get it and we can connect that is the ultimate to me it for me it it feeds my soul I'm getting goosebumps now as I talk about it because at at our you know our core we're just we're connected on that human with that human experience we all have experiences that shape us that that shape our perceptions and that we struggle with and we battle with and we think that nobody else understands or could possibly get what we're going through but really that is what connects us as a society as human beings Mm -hmm. those experiences tie us together I know and you and I were just saying um right before we started recording Mm -hmm. that how um nobody likes to talk about like the ugly side of themselves Mm -hmm. a little bit or Mm -hmm. like the shameful side of Mm -hmm. themselves a little bit and that when you do open that up excuse me and when you do (laughs) open that up that that's when you have that deeper connection with somebody. Exactly. And that person's like, oh my gosh, you are human. Right. Like, Ex- exactly. Wait, right? you're human too. <laughs> what? You're, you experience that? or And and I like to say, I, I will never tell someone, oh, I know how you feel. I Because I don't. It's your stuff. But I, I do understand that pain is pain, right? And we can share the commonalities there. And um, your journey, your walk, and how you've dealt with it belongs to you I respect that and and understand that I I know what it feels like to operate from a position of nobody gets it nobody understands nobody nobody is ever going to understand but when you realize that there are therapists out there that that uh take this to heart like it is it is it is what I am called to do and that is so that's such a serious um responsibility for me and so I, I owe it to clients and patients to tap into that, to connect with them, to hone in on, on those experiences and, and cease any judgment or biases that I may have. And just I'm only looking to give you something that you can connect to with me. I, and, I, and I want the same from you. And, and I, I love it when, when my, my patients feel that from me. You know, I really well, it's do. so funny. So like, even when I introduced you, I was like, this is Thema, yes. like my friend, my buddy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so you have the doctor title in front of your name. But I was just like, I don't know. We're good friends yeah, now. Right. Right. And you just totally connect with me. Anyway. Yeah. But I want to lead into some, some questions that sure. the listeners have like asked me to ask you sure. because they knew you were coming on the podcast Okay, yay. and they wanted your um, expertise okay. on this. So I, re- you know, some of my listeners reached out and and gave some questions. So one of them is like, she wants to know what couples need before uh, need to hash out before getting married, since the percentage of divorces are so high, like more detailed than just the typical finances, kids, and religion. Mm-hmm. So what would you like want, what, what would you tell couples to hash out before? 
so, other than engagement or dating period? Yeah, f- first of all, um, I, I would want to know what brought you two together in the first place. What 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 is it that that you connect on, and how can we build on that more? Um, if she's talking about if there are like specific challenges, because each relationship is very different. If there are specific challenges to that relationship, that definitely requires okay let's have a sit down session let's peel back these layers let's find out why and how this is showing up in your relationship Um, what are some things that you have tried and and I like to tell people that you know it's never just linear it's not he's doing this or she's doing that it is it is a system of things it's patterns that live and breathe within that system that have started before you even met that person and so it it becomes very challenging when you have two people from two different worlds who are now trying to combine come together and combine that's going to be work it's always going to be work I've been married for over 20 years and it's still work every single day and so um, I would definitely advise people Get that premarital counseling first. Um, um, you're 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 signing on to be with this person for the rest of your life, hopefully, right? That's the goal. That's <laughs> that's the goal. And so you you owe it to yourself. You owe it to each other to find out what are some things that um, I bring to the table that you may not understand. Um, are you opening to learning more about what makes me me? Um, are you interested in gaining more uh, insight into who I am? Though they, they sound like, you know, very easy questions, but when I get couples in the room, it's it's not that easy because they're in love with the idea of, oh, I'm going to, you know, I found someone and this feels good and the, the dopamine has been released and now I'm like, oh gosh, I want to be with you all the time, but what are you what are you going to do when that person is constantly in front of the TV playing video games? What are you going to do when uh, she doesn't really get along with your mom. These are questions you have to ask these questions. You have to figure out what is what are what are the things that lie beneath these issues that could potentially come up and if you see something, don't ignore it, right? If you see something, let's have a conversation with it, not an about it, not an argument. It's not an argument, it's just a conversation. Let's talk about that. Well, how do you see this? You know, how do you see this playing out? Throw out some scenarios. And, and I say really, really get to know one another. And, sh- and the, the person who wrote that is correct. It's, it's more than just our religious beliefs and finances, finances and, yeah, and how to raise kids. Yeah, those are big things. But there are other things that could add up to be big things that yeah. you could end up not liking this person. And <laughs> let's, let's have a real conversation. And, and I think that um, not everyone who loves who who's in love with with that person likes that person it, it happens you can fall out of like with a person and then what do you do now you're now you're what do you do what do you do <laughs> when you're when you like I love this person but I don't like this person mm-hmm. you know um it, it's it's a conversation it's a de- definitely a, a counseling conversation yeah so along those lines a little bit somebody said to me today actually she is telling me how she got into a fight with her her boyfriend and she's, you know, he, he ignored her. And then finally, when he wanted to talk about it, she's like, now you want to talk about it? We're three hours late to the conversation. What, what's going on? He's like, well, you usually tell me you like your space when we get into a fight. Mm-hmm. 
And so I was just giving you your space. Right. So now like the guy is so confused because us girls sometimes yeah. we're like, all right, like, <laughs> you know, we want this, but we don't want that. Can you just right. read our mind? Like, right. You know? Right. And yeah, and it is, it is unfair. I have uh, male clients who are like, you know, it's tough for them. You know, one minute she's like this, the next minute she expects me to do this. Um, I like to tell people and not just females, but I like to tell people, what is your expectation for for this relationship? What is your expectation when you're in this situation or you encounter this scenario? What is your expectation? And is that expectation steadfast, hard and fast? Or can we, is there any wiggle room there? I mean, do we, is it just by your rules and that's it? I mean, you know, if he's, he's picked up on a pattern that she's established, it seems like. He's picked up on that pattern. Yeah. I mean, right? he was giving her the space. She says every time they get into a fight, she's always just like, give me, give me, you know, like, leave me alone for right, right now. Right. And so he, he was. And then this time when he does, she's upset. That, right. Yeah. Right. Which <laughs> is like the typical, right? Yeah. Like guy, girl fight. And like, yeah. And the romantic relationships. Yeah. It's right. just like the typical stuff. Yeah. And so you, you, you got to be careful about the signals that you send. Right. Because yeah. your, your behavior needs to line up with what you say and you know it's there's because there's what people say and then there's what people do Mm -hmm. and those two things have to be aligned or you're going to cause confusion and it sounds like he's very confused and I'm very (laughs) confused I don't blame him in a way like I mean that is confusing it is very confusing and he's such a great guy I mean she's a wonderful girl yeah they're both wonderful but it's just funny that that's how like yeah he finally changed his his uh, pattern a little bit and she gets upset yeah (laughs) It's just, it's, yeah, it's so, um, it's so typical. And then also, oh, oh, did you? Oh, no, 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 no. I was looking at something. I, I, I was remembering a case that I had and I go, oh "Oh, my gosh, did I write that down? But no, 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 no. You, you go ahead, Ariel. (laughs) No. So, um, also like when you are in an engagement, right. Mm -hmm. And maybe you are having some doubts. When would you call off that engagement? Like, because it's hard because you're okay, the wedding's been planned. I don't want to like disappoint everybody. Mm-hmm. Is it worth it to just go through with it and then have a, what do they call it? Like the fast um, annulments or Annul- whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah, like, like an annul a marriage real quick. Or you just never sign a license. Well, <laughs> <laughs> so I would even back it up even before that. So, because it doesn't have to be all or nothing. Before we get to the point where it, that extreme where it's like, okay, I'm calling this thing off. What are some things and what are, what are some things that we could have done or should be looking at doing before we even get to that point? I'm a big proponent of prevention is better than cure. And so before we even get to that level so that you're not in a position where it has to be this all or nothing decision, let's have a conversation about some things that are leading up to that. Because I doubt very seriously that it, you just, woke up one day and decided, okay, there's too many things going wrong. And now I don't want to do this with you. So we need to address those things that have been going wrong. They may seem small at the time, but they add up. Like I said, at the beginning, things start to add up. And then now we're under pressure to make decisions and pressure is just nothing but, but a lack of release. We haven't been able to release anything, talk about it. You know, Mm -hmm. and so before we even get to the point where I want to call off this engagement. But if you do, if you do get to a point where I want to call off this engagement, then it's time for I would say not to go through with that at at that moment. I would say that it's time for an in-depth conversation. What can we expect if we do move forward with this? Um, What are some things that do, do we need more counseling 
Um, is this just a situational thing right now? Am I responding to a circumstance that, you know, is, is not, um, doesn't depict our relationship or is this a pattern? I am trained to look at patterns and then I'm trained to disrupt those patterns. So if you are, um, at a point you're where like a little tornado, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you're at a point where you're saying, I don't want this anymore, then I, I would. I would challenge you to look at those patterns because that's just going to carry on to your next relationship. It, it, if you're able to get to a point where it's like, okay, I'm done. This is all or nothing for me. Then I would challenge you to look at what are some things that, what, what do you know about yourself that led up to that? Because it's never, Ariel is never just one person. It's not one person. It, it, it isn't. It's, it's how you react to that person. It's what you've allowed from that person. It's what that person has allowed from you. It is, it, it's a dance, you know, and you, now you want to check out without doing the work. Mm-hmm. You, you got to do the work or you're going to carry that with you. I totally right? get it. Yeah. Yeah. It's so important. <laughs> do you have any examples of couples who have like called it off? Um, I, you know, I have counseled couples who we call them um, couples on the brink, like they're in crisis mode. And by the time they get to me, it's like, okay, you need to, you need to fix this. How could I, I can't, I can't fix this until we address what got you here in the first place. Yeah. Right. And, and that requires you really doing some introspective, really looking at yourself. And, and when I get couples in who are at that level, they're wanting me to tell them that the other one is right. Oh, and I'm not. And if you're if you're only interested in seeing your perspective and your point of view, then therapy is not for you. Seriously, if you if you can't understand that this is I need to open up and try the view, try to view this differently so that I can start to grow and to develop in this area, then it's going to be an uphill battle for that therapist. And it's going to be an uphill battle in that relationship as well. And so I've had couples who um, just couldn't communicate, just couldn't make it work. And, and I'm not trying to save a marriage. I'm not, I'm trying to get you to understand that people are different, including your mate. And we, we don't have to uh, agree with everything that someone that we love says we can learn how to love them through it it's a process we can learn how to love them through through things and and um and it doesn't have to be this this either you do this or it's going to be that no it's a both and it's we have to do things based on a premise of it has to be it could be both things and this it doesn't Mm -hmm. have it doesn't have to be either this or this and yeah like a friend of mine says, um, a person, uh, Kathy Heller, she says she stands for the and. Mm-hmm. It can be an and. It can like, be an yeah. and. Exactly. It can be an and. And take a stand for the and. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I like that. Take a stand for the and. <laughs> so I like that. So, yeah. And marriage, you know, like I said, marriages are, their work and they can be very difficult because you're trying to, um, and based on what you've been through in the past, too, you bring that to the table all the time and then yeah. and and you've probably learned how to deal with it but that other person doesn't know how to deal with that 
they don't they don't understand how you're coping with some traumas from the past or you know what it's what it's taken for you to get here unless you explain that in in great detail and give someone the the option to come in give someone and I mean let them completely in if you're if you've gotten to a point where you're engaged to this person and you're willing to spend the rest of your life with this person then you have to be willing to lower down those defenses and let that person completely in and trust them with you being vulnerable. I talked to a couple recently and they Mm -hmm. said, um, the husband actually said he doesn't believe that your partner should be your best friend. Mm. He says that your friend should be your best friend or you know, your mom should be your mom. Your dad should be your dad. Your friends should be your friends and your partner should be your partner or your, your wife should be your wife or, I mean, it was him talking. So, um, but he doesn't feel that your your wife, I guess, should say should be your best friend. Mm. And I thought that was a very interesting that is statement to that, say. That is interesting, and I would challenge him and ask him, well, where did that, where does that originate from? Mm-hmm. Um, um, how have you gotten to a point where you were able to assign that label to that particular situation? I mean, I know couples who would only want someone who was their best friend to end up being their wife, their spouse, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I would challenge him. I would challenge those beliefs for sure. I would want to find out where that originated from, where it is. And that would be an interesting conversation. I know. Isn't (laughs) that, I I thought that was quite fascinating when he said that. Yeah, that would be interesting. Because I was like, I usually couples say they want to be with their best friend. Right. Yeah. But he, he said also that he doesn't want, like his wife, doesn't want to watch sports with him and that's not his her duty to do that or whatever best friend but I guess best friend could be categorized as different things right like, you're exactly doesn't right mean the person that's gonna want your best friend doesn't always have to watch sports with you exactly I mean there are things that um you there are intimate things that you can you can confide in with your best friend you know they're they're a best friend my definition of a best friend someone who gets me who understands me who's not going to judge me who is going to support me, who provides some comfort, who, you know, knows how to cheer me up, who knows how to make me laugh. I would want all of those things in a spouse. So it would be an interesting conversation. And and not that he's wrong. I would just really want some more context on that. And him and his wife totally agree on it. They're they're in agreement, which is great. Yeah, that's That's the first start. (laughs) (laughs) That's great if it works for them. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the thing. If it's working... Then, then we don't need to mess with it if it's working. If that's your belief, then. But, but um, I would, I would definitely have a conversation about that. That would be interesting know. and juicy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah. would be pretty fascinating. Yeah. Um, okay, let's get another question in sure. here from one of the th- listeners. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, thoughts on the best approach to split chores, or what do you feel if you feel, or what? I'm sorry, what do you? do if you feel like you are doing more than your fair share of household work? Mm. Mm. Yeah. What do you do when you feel like you're doing your shit more, more, more of, your of, the, of the household work? Okay. So at the crux of any successful relationship is communication. I cannot stress that enough. How did we get here? What are the things that led us to this in the first place? Um, is this uh, an ideology that he has from childhood that the woman's supposed to do all of the work? I mean, what is it? How did we get here? And how did you get to a point where you are doing everything? 
we we tend to ignore signs a lot. We tend to overlook things or we tend to have this wishful thinking that, oh, things are going to get better. No, they're not. The, the more you do something, the more you're reinforcing it, right? The more you, you continue to stay on, on a path and that person, um, that well, the male is looking at the, the female like, you know what? Well, if she doesn't have an issue with it. She keeps doing it. She keeps she continues to do the majority of the household chores, then our roles are defined. Just I'm good because Mm -hmm. our roles have been defined. And so it's like when you're trying to discipline a child or rear, I hate to compare men to children, so I'm not going to do that. (laughs) But it's, it's like when you, when you've done something for so long and, and that person has just become accustomed to, this is the way this is the dynamics of our relationship now to come in, later and try to change that it is it's tough it really is tough not to say that um she doesn't have the right to have that you know to to feel that way it is but i'm saying it's going to be tough because it's been it sounds like it's been going on for for a while and so we would have to um redirect uh some of that some of those those the ideas about those roles because it sounds it sounds like and and I don't know this person, I don't know if he's just lazy or what, but it sounds more like this is what he this is part of his belief system. Like, you know, the woman should be doing the majority of the household chores. At least that would be my assumption. Yeah, no, it could yeah. be. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm just thinking of like, what if the guy is like, because I notice a lot of women say this, like the mm-hmm. guy just doesn't get it. Like I've asked him to take out the trash 10 times and he doesn't take out the trash and I'm getting fed up and I just want him to take out the trash, you know? <laughs> right. So I would say this because it, and I tell, I tell my women this a lot to get him to take out the trash is not to continue to nag, to take out the trash. It is the, the, the solution is flawed. Okay. Because you're, all he hears is a nag, a nag, a nag, a nag. The solution is flawed. So we need to get to a point. Um, what does what does he take him taking out the trash? What what would that mean for you? And does he realize what that would mean mm-hmm. to you? If you were to give me some help, this is this is what it would mean to me. Does he understand that? If he doesn't understand that, then now we've opened up the conversation for uh, oh my god, a plethora of things now. Mm-hmm. So your message was lost on him. He didn't he didn't get it, or he's ignoring it, or um, he's, uh, he has his own set of responsibilities and he doesn't believe that, that, you know, he doesn't ask you to do things. So why are you asking him? It could be a, a number. It could That's be a number. Yeah. It could be a number of things. It could be someone who's, you know, um, who grew up watching their mom do everything. It, it could be so much, Ariel. I really, I, that that's something that we have to peel back for sure because. So we don't um, bribe the men. No, we don't. <laughs> No, but but we do need to challenge these things, and and for women, we we tend to let things go for so long, and then until we get fed up, and then it's like, and then we just explode, right? Like, and then we just explode, exactly, and that's not effective at all because no, it's not because now we're going to be focused. Now the guy is going to be focused on why are you yelling and why are you exploding, and, and as opposed to what got you to that point, but it, it's your responsibility really to understand what is getting you to a point that's going to be uncomfortable or you're going to lose it or you're going to get stressed out. We have to include ourselves in that equation. We do. And women, 
we overlook that all of the time. We just, I'll do it. We put ourselves last. We, we think that, oh, if he sees me doing this, he'll get it. Mm-hmm. No, sometimes you have to be extremely intentional about what it is that you want and not, and not feel uh, guilty about it and not feel like um, um, you're going to be looked at differently because you're expressing that. Those are things that you need to, you need to take charge of. Yeah. Um, so what would you, like, let's say I'm the man, let's, mm-hmm. let's roll play for just a second. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I'm the man and I'm, I'm just not taking out the trash. And you asked me like 13 times in one day, mm-hmm. you know, to take out the trash. So what would you kind of, how would you approach me? And I'm like, I'll do it after dinner or after I have my dessert or after the game is over. Mm-hmm. So my question to you would be, what is it that you are telling yourself about the idea that he's the fact that he's not taking out the trash? Let, let's start with let's start with you. Obviously, him not taking out the trash means something to you. What does it mean to you when he does not take out the trash? I'm going to go with um, he's not listening to me. He's not knowing my needs. Yeah. Okay. So that's a good one. He, he doesn't understand my needs. He doesn't understand my needs. So if he doesn't understand your needs, yelling about taking that trash out is not going to get him to understand your needs. So now we have to use some, we have to look at some other ways to get him to understand your needs. Um, if he is um, hell bent on it's not my job. It's not my responsibility. I'm not going to do it. I, I I like to tell people, stop. Just stop. The more you try to force your way to get your point across, the worse it's going to get. Just stop. Don't 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 have the conversation about taking out the trash. Don't. Uh, and it sounds counterintuitive, but it's it's the truth. Stop having that conversation. Give him an opportunity to stop and think. Huh, she's not nagging me about this trash. It it goes into this whole um there's a, a theory about the distancer and the pursuer. If I constantly am I if mm-hmm. I'm constantly pursuing you to do something or I want you or I want you for something, I'm constantly doing that. The person who's putting distance there, you're just all they're focused on, all they're focused on is putting the distance and running away from from this, right? Mm-hmm. When you stop pursuing that, when you stop pursuing them, mm-hmm. it gives them an opportunity to just turn around and say, okay, what's going on? Why aren't they, why aren't they asking me what, what's happening here? And, and I, would, I would really challenge you, I would really challenge you to find out what does it mean when he doesn't take out the trash and how can we have a conversation about what that means with him? It's instead of the trash, because it's, yeah. it's never about trash or dishes or any of that no, stuff. No, it's it's not. That. So it's interesting. I'm going to just share this with you real quick. But um, so I met this guy mm-hmm. at a holiday party. Mm-hmm. We had a great time and nothing like we didn't exchange numbers or anything. But I ended up going on the app, which is like a good time at the party. Right. Ended up going on the apps and I see that he pops up on my app and I'm like, oh, that's funny. Like, I'll just swipe right just to like, mm-hmm. let's see what happens. Yeah. Um. Because I, we didn't exchange anything, and I, I didn't know if anything was going to come from that night, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So um, he matched with me, okay. and he was like, hey, um, 
you know, I really I would like to, to take you on a date. He had made it like a redheaded joke that uh-huh. I thought was funny, but uh-huh. he didn't realize that like I was a redhead. I guess it was not a great, red, you know, it was like kind of mean <laughs> to redheads, but I was like, I don't care. <laughs> it's fine. I thought it was funny. So um, he apologized for that joke. He's like, I'm so sorry. Like, whatever. He goes, can I take you out on a date to make you up for it? Make up for it. When I'm uh-huh. going. It's like, that's great. He goes, I'm going to go be, I'm going to be away for 10 days. When I come back, like, let's get together. Great. So we didn't talk for 10 days and it's been over 10 days. So the other day I was like, I don't know, like, should I message him? Should I not? Like, does that make me sound needy? Is mm-hmm. this like, talk about that chase, right? Mm-hmm. Or like the, mm-hmm. that dynamic, that dance that you need. Right. And um, am I going to like, just sound needy? Mm-hmm. And I don't want to sound needy. That's not me. Mm-hmm. So finally, after like much debate with a couple of different people and everything, everybody's just like, some people are just like, send a text, like, just do it. And I was like, okay, because I'm like, you never know what could be going on in his life. Like right. maybe he decided to stay in his vacation. And right, not come right. Back. So, right. Um, so I ended up just shooting him a text and I was like, hey, are we still on for that date? And he wrote me back like pretty quickly. And he was like, I'm so sorry. I've been busy with work. Like I've had things going on. I still would like to take you out. I'm mm-hmm. going to be traveling again. But when I come back, let's go out on the date. So it isn't it funny like how you create this whole story in your head. Absolutely, you do. You create this whole story, um, and it, it we 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 tend to come up with the the beginning, the middle, the end, and like twenty million <laughs> different possibilities of what can happen in the story. Right when it could be something just as simple as that, you know. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yes, I want to I want to go out on this date with you. So how did that, how did that end? Did you guys go out? No, this is just like this just, week. This, this is, week. Oh, this is okay. like hot off the press. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so cool. we have not got on the date yet. He's away right now. But, um, and it's so funny. Like if I never sent out the text message, I would just still be waiting. Right. And I put it out there because I was like, the worst that he says is no, exactly. we're not doing it anymore. I met somebody else and right. I'm more interested in them. Fine. Right. Or doesn't, you know, doesn't respond to me or I love that. Or he writes back to me and is like, let's go yeah, on a date. Sorry, I, I've just been a little bit busy. I love that. I love that you took, you know, you said, let me get out of my own head with this. And because it, it could be a number of reasons why he hasn't contacted me. And you stepped out on that and said, you know what, I'm going to find out. And again, like you said, the worst thing it could be is like, okay, I don't want to go out with you on a date. And then it goes into, are you going to be okay with that? And what are you going to start telling yourself about that? That's that's really the work is with you. It's with the individual. And going back to the guy who doesn't want to take out the trash, what? Why doesn't he want to take out the trash? Yeah, it's it's worth having that dialogue with him. There, I bet you something would come out of that conversation. As simple as that sounds, like we're talking about trash, it's connected to a whole lot of other stuff. Because if if he truly wants to be with this woman and he 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 respects this woman, then what is this about then? Mm-hmm. You not wanting to do this particular thing. What is this tied to? What is it connected to? What is it about? It's deeper. It's deeper. It's always deeper. <laughs> <laughs> it's always deeper. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Thema, Dr. Thema, I should say. <laughs> again, I feel like we're just like best friends. And I, <laughs> But um, before we go, where can everybody find you and stay connected with you? Okay, so I am... Um, at Golden Spine Rehab Center. Um, I'm typically out of the Pembroke Pines office, but I travel to all of the off- the other offices. And the best thing about me is I'm virtual also. So you can email me at Dr. T. 
Goldson, that's G-O-L-D-S-O-N at goldsonspine.com. I'm really good about answering my emails. I, oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I really am. So yeah, you can always email me Perfect. that way and um, I'll do my best to make sure I get awesome. back to everybody. I love it. Yeah. And I'll put everything in the show notes so yeah. they can stay connected. But oh. this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I so enjoy being here every Monday with you and digging into relationships. But before I see you next week, if you've enjoyed this episode, tell a friend or write a review on iTunes. I appreciate your support and love staying connected on Instagram or on the Facebook group, Elevate Love. So if you want to see some behind the scenes or tell me your thoughts on the episode, join me on Instagram at elevate.love.xo. Until next time.